Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the new you in 2013, or the new me in... 2013. Yes, Neville was making and a lot of And we're all a new me, this is the thing. And the new me is not the old me. The new you is not the old you, the new you, the That's new true. me, are improved. And the people, um, we go through these changes at a remarkable pace, and then we forget that we were ever, you know, when you're, when you're perfectly healed, you don't remember you were ill. Mm -hmm. And that's happening to us as a race. There's far less, uh, I saw a brief film of um, English road rage where the two cars that were having this altercation pulled, and they discussed it like gentlemen, and, and they were using logical argument, Socratic proof on each other. And one finally admitted he had been, you know, mea culpa. And that was the end of it. No fisticuffs, no. There was no accident. They just had rage at each other, and yeah. it turned into a gentleman's argument. You know, but you, I, I, uh, I do agree, and I've, I've thought for years and years that um, true healing, you never really remember being sick. Mm -hmm. Like, if you think about having the flu the last time you had it, it it's kind of hard to focus on. Yeah. Because we are designed to let go of the things that we experience, yes. no matter how painful. But when we hold on to them, we'll continue having pain yeah. as a way to get us to know that we're still holding on. Yeah. But yes, and, let's do the Mayan, by all means. Under, well, the Mayan, okay, since we've gone through the 2012, uh, the particular website we were relying upon to print these with uh, has uh, changed. It no longer. Uh, well, I have the program things. somewhere on a computer somewhere, but yeah, it's, I have I, an old it's computer. interesting that the last one we'll be showing is is twelve Ahau, yeah. because that's mm -hmm. the tribe of enlightenment in universal fire, and, and the twelve the, tone. Yeah, and in the long count calendar, it was an Ahau day on mm -hmm. the 21st of December. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so it's very interesting that the two became synchronous. Mm -hmm. uh, we will more than likely, unless something changes, uh, certainly we can't bring you this quality of the Mayan without going through what I used to go through for years, I which is translating all the tones and tribes into a sentence. So, and uh, we- I can do that, don't worry. Oh, yes, of course we could do it. The thing about it is- and no, I have I just it on a finish program. The, yeah, okay. Uh, we never got much response to this. We have, uh, for 13 years, delivered mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, once a true. week exactly what's going on in the Mayan calendar. No one ever said a word. And so there's not much inspiration to continue with that. We will follow the calendar, absolutely. It's a phenomenal amount of information to have, and uh, it's a, a unparalleled insight into your life. And I don't know why no one seems to be able to pick up on it or verbalize it or any of that. But uh, the going forward, yeah. All right, so the new you. This is a very important thing to understand. You are a new you. All of these things that had been uh, writing an unconscious program of uh, rage in us, all this stuff, um, is uh, just bubbling up to a higher frequency, more or less effortlessly. And it's, you know, um, you follow what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's now become, oh, never mind. Instead of road rage, it's become, let's 
sit down and discuss this allegedly like human beings <coughs> instead of shooting at each other, which was always well, much more fun, but had I think repercussions. Just the condition or the state of how things are in the, in the world today yeah. with all the shootings that are happening and the anger, the road rage, this is all, these are all symptoms of something. And until we look at the bigger picture, like uh, in, instead of making it, it only be about the gun control issue, which you know we don't talk about politics, and guns are ridiculous. I mean, look at the Winchester widow who had to build the Winchester mansion because she felt so haunted by all the people that had died at the hands of the gun. Yeah. And, and yes, um, it's not the gun that kills. Well, it is the gun that kills. People fire the gun, yes. And cars are not the same. They can't be compared to guns because cars are used to drive and guns are only used to shoot things. So I think that's the issue. But the real issue is what is going on in our world that is driving people to the end of their rope? And I, I would actually call for a study of what kind of medications all these young men are on that are, that are yeah, shooting up good. these schools. Yeah. Instead of just blaming them or blaming the, the school psychiatrist for not knowing this or that, quit blaming and look for the real cause. And it, there's, a per, there's a reason behind this. And I, I think that it's time that we look for what that real reason is. Yeah. And a lot of it is there's just too much stress in our life. Going back and forth, people are, are having to live farther and farther out in order just to be able to afford enough space to live in because somebody is profiting unrealistically on these, these uh, dwelling places. And, and, and it's causing our quality of life for all of us to go down. And it's so frustrating to be on the road for three hours a day. And then you have someone driving slow in the left lane. It just all comes shooting out in that area. We have to have, literally, yeah. and, and we have to have emotional healing in our, in our life, in our world. And I, I call for that. And yes, we can and do that. Arriving. And this I'm going is. to be posting a lot of videos that will help people walk through different issues in their life, all the way from losing a loved one uh, mm -hmm. to road rage. So yeah. there won't be any excuses then not to partake mm -hmm. of that. Now, another thing that's been going on for quite some time is the uh, genetically modified organisms that we uh, refer to as food that we've been eating that have <coughs> systematically kept us from a higher frequency. And there's a, a place at which this was systematically planned. It wasn't, oh, we can mess with genes and we're going to do it because we can do it. No, this was done with uh, a greater intent but then again, so what? Uh, when we get to the point that we love these ones for uh, this much of a mess, that makes us more, it ultimately makes us more evolved. There's no way around it. Uh, whatever, pardon the word dark, whatever deed is done that seems to appear against us always turns out to be on our side. There are no exceptions. So there is no worry, and therefore there is nothing to worry about what we do here in our new future. This is clean now that the superstition of 2012 is um, vacated for mankind. I don't want another superstition put in its place. That's just absurd. I don't well, want to talk about. Well, um, you're, you're bringing up several issues. Um, yeah, so I, I, want, I would like to with, continue with the GMO before we get on to the 2012 I was going to save that for it, the right. part that you were going well, to Well, you do brought the, it up, so we may as well continue with it now. So the GMO thing, I, I just had a comment about that. 
um, I know it looks like the world is conspiring to, to harm all of us. And, and maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that this is their solution to the baby boomers all retiring is to just allow carcinogens to run amok and thin out the herd. Who knows? Who knows? But I did hear one time um, in, in a conversation um, that I, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but it made me start thinking about because everything is of divine origin, I was yeah. open to this conversation in that the reason GMO started is that they, the farmers or the, the American agricultural thing or wherever this started, it was just looking to find a way to feed ever increasing numbers of people. And so by, by producing GMO uh, products, they thought they would have more usable product and, and faster growing, et cetera. Okay, so whatever it started off with. I was also saying there was a dark intent there yeah. that was purposeful. And well, then I said, well, that's really so what? Because any dark intent always results in a I more advanced yes, human being. I agree with you so, there. Yeah. Well, let me just uh, finish what I'm saying yeah, before you. I had a, um, yeah, uh, about to that, that too. I do feel that it's gotten to the place where now we know what this is doing to us. There, in corn, in GMO corn, they p placed pig ear genes in it because it acted like an insecticide, which we do know is, is leading to the demise of the bees. And after a while, if there is genetically modified um, organisms growing, it contaminates everything around it. So it has reached a critical mass that we, we must do something. And because there's an economics in it, it makes it more difficult to, to switch that around. Yeah, well, the bees are rallying. I've actually, this is the last summer was the I first know, time saw I saw. I saw them on the... Saw, so the bees, nature is nothing if not adaptable. And so, as I'm saying, all it does ultimately... See, I, I don't wish to reinstate the idea that there's some lingering doom about to divide us. This is just, we've lived for the, however old I am, that many years, with the eye, as kids, we had the nuclear bombs going to go off any minute, you know, and then the subsequent jokes about kissing your posterior goodbye, you know, all the, the rest of that. So I don't want to reinstate that. I'd like to instate the idea that we're great and that we are changing and that um, the repair that we do on ourselves to make ourselves more conscious is possible to do even eating GMO foods, etc., because everything is choice and everything serves us. And no matter what happens in your life, it will turn out to be on your side. There are simply no exceptions to that. So, and everything that happens in your life is something you've chosen. And uh, Mary's brought in. I explained. Yeah, as soon well, as you're go done. ahead. I'm done. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, what were you saying? I. I I wanted to, after you did this, I was going to add something about the uh, okay. DNA. Well, a, a number of years ago, I had done some automatic writing uh, about DNA. I'd, I'd asked the question because there was a lot of talk in the late 90s, early thousands, 2000s, 20s, whatever we call it, about uh, DNA upgrades and everything. So I had asked the question, and I'd done automatic writing for many, many years, and it's nothing uh, um, overly dramatic. It's just that I would ask a question and then I would hear the answer and I was able to type it out. And so what it was saying back then was that we create our DNA. We think of 
our, our, uh, our body's coming in here with this blueprint that remains unchangeable. And when I was 30 years old, this nurse practitioner said, oh, you're 30, you're gonna be getting your parents' diseases now. And I, I, I went like this, like a, a cross, like garlic to a vampire. a vampire or something. And what I realized is that it's not the DNA that's recreating, it's our belief that we have to have those illnesses. And so our thoughts in any given moment will create how the DNA replicates. And our mm -hmm. DNA is changing constantly. And if we did not create our DNA, then evolution would have been impossible. So I created a lot of meditations and I'm starting to finally upload all of them and under meditation break uh, on YouTube and, and it'll be on my website soon where they are commands and statements designed to help your DNA replicate in a way that's more according to your divine blueprint before any of these traumas, dramas, and pains that we experience here on the earth and GMO foods or whatever. So I have brought a tuning fork with me tonight and this is uh, the same frequency as your DNA when it replicates as it replicates in its perfect divine form. So by having this frequency coming into your house and around your body, your DNA that is replicating, which it's happening constantly, while that vibration is going on, will replicate closer or, or according to its original divine blueprint. So even by listening to this for 30 seconds, your body is, has enough of the DNA remembering its natural state. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to ring it now, or did you want to say something first? Uh, no, I'll say after you ring this thing. <clears throat> okay, so um, I, I'd like for you, if you choose, just to relax and let the vibration come in. Yeah, well, thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you can feel the difference, actually. Mm -hmm. So I've um, been reading interesting books by a woman named Marianne Rada that's um, uh, Pleiadian Channeling, Pleiadian Channeling, and I know you channel also quite distinctly. Well, in fact, everyone channels. Um, so this is the idea that the veil, you know, that is between us and reality, or is the veil reality? Well, the veil is reality. Uh, whatever veil it is, and however you want to describe it, it is made of thought particles, okay? And then in order to see through the veil, then you just raise your thoughts, and then the veil vanishes, but it becomes another veil, but still it's a higher frequency of veil. All right, now, our DNA is made of crystalline light particles, 
Okay, now I've already defined particles as equaling thought. Okay, in other words, your thoughts can change your DNA, and especially with the uh, assistance you just yeah, gave us, the exactly vibration. Exactly what I had yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah, okay. And then, um, so thought equals light equals DNA. Now, to understand we, the human race, understand that we are all, all of us, made of light. Everyone is made of light. We could say that the light was stepped down, the light stepped down from the speed of light to less than the speed of light. Um, Jerunvalo's teaching, absolutely everything that you are looking at, everything that appears to us to be solid, is actually light that is not faster than nine-tenths the speed of light. When it slows, it turns into matter, okay? And so we are light that has slowed, paused, uh, into matter. Now, the sound, the focusing on your DNA and speeding up to light, and then you're allowed to change it when it's in light so that it, when it drops back into matter, it can have a different frequency. It doesn't technically matter what you've been eating, provided you're aware of something like this. This process of transmuting your DNA is something you can do very easily in dream time. But as long as we're transmuting DNA, let's have some fun with it. Let's put in some abilities that we don't have to begin with. So for example, you can um, change dimensions absolutely as easily as you can change your point of attention. In other words, oh, that's a very dark scene, and oh, look at that, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine, so yeah, we can see all that. But then if you raise your frequency, and you see that same exact scene again, and you see it through the higher frequency, and you realize that absolutely everybody chooses everything that happens, and there are no victims in the world, then what was a very dark scene uh, becomes a very light scene. And when we see death as merely the step across the threshold, when we see death as a god going home, when we see death as uh, entrance, uh, when, when we see death as birth, okay? And that we know that no one's ever had their life cut short, not anyone, not ever. It has not, never been done. Um, then we can see uh, also that everybody's made every choice that's brought them to the place of their death, okay? And then we can um, have great joy at everything that happens. And that's really the truth of what's going on, and that's seeing it all from a, a shift in the level of consciousness, which results in a shift um, in the dimension that you live in. And as far as I'm concerned, after 2012, we're, we are at a higher frequency. We are uh, uplifted into a higher frequency. And it's just wonderful. And let's just be that and not be trapped in lower frequencies the way we have been. The principle of getting out of the lower frequency is to simply love that thing that appeared to be uh, such a dark scene I was looking at. Oh, you love it, and then it, 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 it's on your side a thousand times, and I'm not repeating it, but the story of my shooting. And the idea that um, the person that shot me, I love that person, and that there was nothing to forgive them for because they were fulfilling what it was I asked them to do. And then when that gets copied over into everything that happens all the time, then you live in a different world, and we're shifting into that different world. Let's not, uh, when we're hanging on to uh, pain, 
that keeps uh, this higher principle from writing reality. Right, by writing, I don't mean correcting, I mean writing our reality. You are 24-7 uh, writing your reality into existence. And so we can do a much better job at this with the idea of um, uh, writing it as joyful as opposed to writing it with uh, uh, less than joyfulness. So, yes, did you have? All right, so call in if you have any questions on that. And we'll sit here and wait. I thought there was no such thing as waiting. What That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you we are continuing to exist. So right. there. Okay. I'm getting my microphone from stopping turning. Well, I, I think that people really do. I know you, you had mentioned earlier about the superstition of uh, 2012 or whatever. Yeah. Well, it, what we talk of as the ascension process is very similar to what the Bible calls the rapture and everything. Through our mythos throughout time, there have, have been these two basic story plots that have played in the background. One is of a doom and an ending, doom and gloom, and another one is of this beautiful ascension or rapture or some kind of reviving of, of the good. So this epic battle between good and bad. What happens when we elevate out of that good and bad putting one marble, a good marble, a bad marble, evaluating every single thing. Because to live in the, that um, old mythos of good and bad, where there is a antagonist and a protagonist, then you have to constantly be in the evaluation mode with your good marble or your bad marble, making an evaluation about everything. In my view, what real ascension is, it is throwing the sandbags of our old pain out of the hot air balloon so that we rise up. And when you rise up, you have a higher view. You have a more expansive view. And in all the classes that I teach, I always describe it as a seven-level building. If we see our angels from the basement or the, the ground-level floor, they may look scary. They may look like demons to us. But if we elevate our consciousness up to the higher floors, then it's just our angels coming to take us to the next place. So it really is about perspective. And I think that what this metaphor of the, the being farthest away from the galactic center really means, it's about letting go of the idea that we have to live in that world anymore. Not to evaluate it as light or dark or any of that. And I know the brain's job is to make evaluations of things, but if we can rise above it and not let that dictate everything about who we are and and just start experiencing and getting out of that measurement and I tell you it's a tricky thing all of our minds are in it and it's not like you're going to wake up one morning oh I'm out of measurement because if you get there you're probably going to go ahead and move on to another uh, reality and that mm -hmm. is okay and it is okay that you you're not there a hundred percent there's nothing wrong with you you're lovable and you're perfect as you are it's just that's where we're moving is out of that that good and bad world and to me this is what it represents. I put it out there on Facebook exactly what this consciousness change is really about and it's about loving, it's about including, it's about understanding, it's about patience, it's about compassion, it's about sharing, it's about loving things away that instead of trying to hate them away. It, it's, it's about the golden rule really. Mm -hmm. um, being happy and, and loving others as you would want to be loved. And I think that's a timeless thing. 
throughout mm -hmm. all of history. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It is true that love is, is so much more powerful. Uh, here's a painting I did. It's actually pastel uh, some time ago. It was originally entitled, um, I got a new set of pastels and I didn't wait. What? Uh, <laughs> That's your painting name? Yeah, and I didn't wait, rather than I couldn't wait. Uh, uh, the concept, well, every brick is a different color. Uh, I soon ran out of what the set had to offer and began making up colors. Uh, and so each one is unique. And I, this is just, uh, this particular piece is such a delight. Uh, I could look at it every day. It would have, it, it's just got that much in it. And uh, someone may or may not understand that, but. So it gives new meaning to just another brick in the wall. Yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd would yep. be. Yeah, yeah. Just another brick Spinning in the, in the wall. Yeah. See, that, that meant like, oh, it's just another brick in the wall, but that is, it's just another brick in the wall, but it's totally unique. All bricks are unique. That's, yeah. that's the point, yes. And if we must have walls, let each brick celebrate was the final working title in that one. Yeah. But it may be reinvented. The thing with titling a painting, it, uh, it limits the painting. Yeah. And I would not seek to limit uh, a painting, certainly not. That one in particular does. Uh, it is beautiful. Yeah, excellent job of. Being. I love your your brick wall series. Mm. Yeah. Quite lovely. Yeah, and, the uh, thing here's is, your I could other put, one. Yeah, now this, this one's is, very beautiful. Yeah. <coughs> and um, it's a highlight on the one. So it doesn't. You don't have to look at it too long to figure out that it's a pair of pairs and that it's also a yin-yang sign, which is a thematic. Lately, there's still more yin-yang things I wish to do, but uh, this one in particular. And um, on a tablecloth, which uh, was quite a bit of making. In the, every painting I do, I remember something I didn't know when I began the painting. Uh, so the relationship between yin and yang. But still, I'm really fond of this one in particular. Actually, I'm fond of all of them, or I don't, uh, they don't continue to exist. What? So, yeah, I, I have a right to censor my own work. If any, that only the person that does it has the right to censor it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think so, they're lovely. Yeah, yeah. Let my painting live. <laughs> No, any number of artists have uh, decided whether or not paintings went further. Mm -hmm. You really have to have that much sovereignty if you're going to be an artist. Well, you know, I, I have, um, that's interesting, and it's an interesting topic because I think it applies to everybody in, in our creations. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Regardless of what it is, I've, I've written, uh, when I was like six years old, I used to make little books, strangely enough, out of toilet paper, and I would bind them together, and I would color little things, and I would go sell them to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I've always made things. I crochet, knit. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, you still do. So I, mm. anything. I make candles, as, as anybody knows. But I've always drawn, too, and painted myself. I didn't paint myself, although I may have in some stupor at some point. You know? <laughs> Not really. Um, but I, I never considered my self an artist or anything like you've mm. gone to art school and your stuff is very very beautiful um, but I tell you 
I, I resisted painting for many years because I did not think I could paint. And then one time my son, uh, for an Easter thing, they gave me a little treasure hunt like I used to do for them, and they got me a beginning oil paint set, and I mm -hmm. started painting. And I realized, you know what, well, I've got the paint set now. I'm not even going to worry about how good the painting is or how bad the painting is. I'm going to just do whatever comes to me. And I tell you, that's when I really understood what the meaning of happiness was and how you're either in the measuring mind or the experiencing mind. And I knew that just painting a painting, I was totally pulled into the experiencing mind, which is where we're happy. And that was truly the idea of getting out of this, this land of right and wrong or this good and bad where you're constantly measuring. And so I would do that. I would look so forward to getting home from work so I could go home. And mm -hmm. after a while, that opened up so much for me. I started having things and visions that I started painting. And it opened up my whole spiritual life. So I encourage you, even if you feel like you can't paint, and that word was in quotes, go ahead and, and draw, paint. Get, I used to suggest to people to get colored pencils and draw their day rather than keeping a diary or a journal. And you can't draw any objects. You just have to draw the flow of the day in the color of the, of the colored pencils. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot of pencil work that can be quite incredible. Well, it, it opens up so much, and it mm -hmm. puts you in that place. And I tell you, if you have had anything that's made you sad or any grief in your life, go ahead and do a creative project because you can't be in the mind. You can't be unhappy if you're not measuring something. The only thing that makes us unhappy is when we've measured it and made it unhappy. Even if we slip and fall, yeah. it doesn't even hurt until we go, oh my gosh, I just fell. And then the measuring mind starts making these proclamations and mm -hmm. decisions. Yeah. It is the flow. It is the form of meditation that mm -hmm. is unparalleled. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The doing yes. of art, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, I've had great uh, success with the idea of shutting off the brain. Uh, and in fact, there's a very delicate place in me that if there are too many thoughts that are uh, uh, demanding my attention in a negative way, I just shut the whole thing off. And uh, then when it boots back up, it's uh, relieved of most of that. Yeah. 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 That's true. And when we're creating, we're, that's the one time that the left brain almost gives permission and cooperates with the right brain and says, okay, I will let you take over. Uh, I, I feel safe enough to let you take over. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. All kinds mm -hmm. of great things come through. Yeah. And, and you go into the world of timelessness. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago I had an EEG where they put those little electrodes all over your head. And they, gave you, they give you this drug they call, I forgot what they called it. It's not twilight drug because I think that's kind of some yeah, horrible modern drug or something like that. But no, it's, it's they call it anesthetic. something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and this was many years ago, so it's before this modern anesthetic. anesthetic. It's, it's this thing where you have to get into the certain brain frequency where they call it the timeless realm. And they, they told me that when I woke up, I would not, I will not have known how many minutes I was out. Oh, yeah. That it might have been a day, a week, a month, or a year. I would have had no sense of time. Well, mm -hmm. there is this place when we get into a state of hypnosis where we go down to this one particular level where we cannot keep track of time nor measurement. So doing art puts you there. Mm -hmm. We don't need medication to do that. Yeah, 
Canada well, what would you say highly. has changed for you in this last month? In the last month? Yes. Because See, I do feel different. this is what we different. say. Yeah. No, we're definitely different. And uh, who it is that I was is not who it is that I am, which would be true between any two points. True. Yeah. So I don't have a specific linear analysis as to what's well, changed. I but it's definitely changed. Well, uh, think about that because I think that would be good because this is about creating the new you. And it's not, it's not a fact that we have to have the requirement of the 21st of December or the 31st of December or the end of a, ca uh, a catalog, I sort to say, a calendar yeah. in order to affect change in our life. It just gives us a stopping point that we allow ourselves to let go of what came before and to look forward without that coloring our eyes. But we can certainly do that any day. So why don't we take this new Gregorian calendar and the new Mayan cycle and look at it and say, hey, I don't have to carry yesterday forward with me into this moment. Yeah, that destroys your ability to create reality yes. as long as you're dragging yes. this trash with you. Yeah, well, I, and it's your history. And, it, and I think sometimes there, there are wonderfully warm things within that as well. And that makes us hold on to it equally as much as histories that aren't as comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that we're not going to lose the, the wisdom from the experience. We're just going to lose the experience. Mm -hmm. And that makes That's way well for the new experience. Yeah. And I think that it, it's a prime opportunity. And I had an added blessing of being extremely sick, which I, anybody that knows me, I really don't usually get sick and I'm very grateful for that. I, I can read my body when it starts feeling run down and I take it easier and, and all that. But uh, I was blessed with being very sick. It was almost as if, like what you were talking about earlier with the hard drive, being rebooted, oh, that's yeah. what I felt. Mm -hmm. And I had so many epiphanies of things and the things that I'm, I'm holding on to. It's not like they just suddenly disappeared. I was just able to see them with compassion. And until we can look at ourselves with the utmost compassion, even our perceived quote unquote flaws, we'll never be able to heal. As long as we're hating something away, We'll never, it, it'll never leave. It'll stick to us like cellophane yeah, yeah. in static electricity. Mm -hmm. We have to love all our perceived flaws. And that's the secret of incarnation. Love everything. If you love everything, nothing can touch you, nothing. There is a place in consciousness that you can arrive at where you cannot possibly be um, shot, be attacked, be any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you can radiate love to the point that uh, the guy would just go, eh. <laughs> you know, rather than shoot you or serve you or whatever <laughs> it is that the person might be up to. Um, just, no, why would I do that? And they'll walk away and wonder what in the world just happened. And um, this is what we could teach. Their children know that to begin with. Children know that. And then uh, becoming uh, aware in our world that, that sort of knowledge. Um, the simplicity of being by which a child receives life is what we could get to. Mm. That's, and that's definitely a major goal. And that's another point of um, ascension. Well, that's a very good point. And yeah. children, uh, we as children know how to let go of things. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to think of yourself in fifth grade, you've let, let, let go of a lot of things since fifth grade. Fourth but grade, you could, third grade. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Well, yeah. and everything in between. Since mm -hmm. that point, 
you've let go of a ton of things. Your hurt feelings with your friend in, in ninth grade, you let go of your fear of going to high school or intermediate mm -hmm. school and having to change classrooms. You let go of your um, self-image of having acne or not being liked in that, that grade. Or, or finding a job once you get yeah, out. Yeah, there's a billion, billion things that you've let go of. And mm -hmm. guess what? You don't know. You're not aware of any of it. As a matter of fact, if we weren't able to let go of what we have experienced to move on to the next moment, no one would ever have a second child. Because if we didn't forget the pain we've gone through, we would never do anything to duplicate that pain. That's out of Dharma and Greg. You remember well, that? I don't know, but what I'm saying is, I do know that we forget when we are in a lot of pain, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. So congratulate yourself for all that you have let go of, and if you're not letting go of it, just trust that there's something in there, and just call it out and say, what, are, what is it? If you don't tell me, if I don't understand this now, then I'm letting that go. Mm -hmm. But we have to listen to ourselves. Yeah. Who else would we listen to? Well, I, I saw something kind of funny today, and I would like to ask for your assistance and the viewing audience and the entire world's assistance to heal our politicians, politicians uh. throughout the world. I, I saw this, this uh, video today of this Republic congressional, Republican congressional candidate from New Mexico was angry at his, his uh, competitor. I don't really know if it, what, what her role was and was slashing her tires and she caught it on her surveillance camera and apparently he had been slashing everyone's tires of everybody he ever ran against for a number of years. So he's called a serial slasher. And I was thinking of, is it Governor Christie from New Jersey about this, the Sandy um, thing where, um, I, I was just looking at the metaphor Sandy Hook Elementary and, and Hurricane Sandy sand in your eyes. I think it's all a message to wake up, get the sand out of your eyes, literally. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about how, how crazy it's gotten in Congress, where it's all about these people like bantam roosters just arguing and fighting and wanting to be right and playing with people's lives. And it just made me think that we have gotten very juvenile. And I'm not sure if politicians have gotten more juvenile and superficial and uncaring or if it's just because there's more, more um, reporting on it. I don't know. But either way, we can dream into existence politicians that care and get this mm -hmm. media. Nobody wants to run for office anymore because they're abused when they do. So we call for more politicians to wake up. Yeah, call for everything to wake up. Let's dream our world awake. Dream of yeah, no, that's a very good program life. if you're in the habit of programming your dreams. Let's, as a group, uh, we'll participate. Dream our world awake. When we awake tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. we will be far more conscious than we ever have here, been. Here. Here, here. And uh, not uh, just a spike, uh, an upgrade that will just continue to increase. Um, some of the things that on the advanced world, uh, if a human being from Earth were to walk down a street on an advanced world, um, virtually everyone on the advanced world would wonder what happened to that person. Because we're not the only humanoid species. I don't know if this is news to anybody or not, but we are not at all the only humanoid species. And there are other species that are not humanoid that are sentient. 
but just if we were on an advanced planet with humanoid species, Pleiadians, uh, Lyra, um, uh, around uh, Star Vega, um, there's uh, Andromedans also. Anyhow, um, and we were just walking along, people would wonder what had happened to us. You know, why are you standing like that? I was just standing. No, 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 look at you, you're slumping forward. Why, why, what's, what's the shame in you? Why are you, <laughs> why, what, what happened to you? How did, you know, and this would be people you, of course, didn't know that would take their, stop their life completely to love you, to want to assist you with no concept of reward or anything like that. Just here's another being, you know, that would, you know, never mind you would light up a cigarette because then they'd all ask you, why are you so suicidal? Why do you want to kill yourself? What's the matter? What happened? <laughs> right? Now, all of this stuff, and we don't, um, we don't, we don't understand this. And uh, one of the first things that goes is currency. Money does not exist in advanced worlds because everybody is doing what they would love to do. If you would love to grow plants, then you, you give plants to people who would love them. If you would love to cook, someone will give you plants, you can cook them, um, you know, et cetera. No slaughtering anything for the, uh, in those senses. Yeah, but, and you've been yeah. talking about that for a long time, oh, forever. too. forever, yeah. Everybody could do what it is they would love to do. We spent a thousand shows in a row asking, what would you do tomorrow morning if nothing existed the way it existed, and you could do anything you would love to do? What would you do? And in those days, I said I would love to be a garbage man because they are the true archaeologist. Uh, and I do believe we are uh, anticipating our win winged What, our coming. one crew member tonight uh, yes. in the studio Speaking. can't give us the signal, set the camera, yeah. and do the duck all at once? <laughs> yes, how confident. Yes, he actually has. Yes, he has. We indeed. are operating with three crew people tonight. Yeah. Our, our absolute backbone, David, Donnie, and Rick. Oh, and Pat's here answering the phones too. Yeah. So thank you guys. We love you. And mm -hmm. we could use more volunteers. Okay. Yes, please. People that uh, would love this. <laughs> he can do it. He can do it all. <laughs> there we go. Here's Rick. There's the Rick. Man who's engineered He's this on roller thing. skates. <laughs> Rick on David skates. David and Donnie are, are ha making it all happen in the control room. And I got risk, and um, in Neville's, one of Neville's books, he talks about risk and love being synonymous. Yeah, it took me years to figure that out. I got power and vision, which are actually synonyms in a certain way. The older I get, the more the entire Power life. and what? Vision. <coughs> because yeah, you would have to have a vision of your power before you could have your power. <coughs> That's very and true. And power would give you vision. So the two would work quite well together. It's an interesting combination to have well, spit out that way. That's very true. And mm -hmm. as far as risk, my observation has been that we live our life with the maximum amount of love and the least amount of risk. And we perch ourselves on that fence. And that when we see risk as not being a dangerous thing, maybe we will move more and in fully into the alignment of love. Yeah, it sounds risky. Okay, I'll do a reading for Barbara. Okay. Since she had asked. Mm -hmm. and, and then if there's any callers, we'll take a call as well. All right, so the first card we get is the Harmony card. One thing I, I felt when I first looked at this is that there may be a change up in just friendships or people in your life right now. Nothing 
major, nothing bad, good, or whatever, but that there are some shifts because you're coming more into alignment with who you are and what you would like to have in your life. And that may make it so that there's a shift in the personal and interpersonal relationships and therefore everything is going to become in much more alignment to who you are. Opening the door, behind that door there is this yellow light which represents our power, your power, and that the door is open and it's okay because our true power harms no one and it's okay to walk through that door and claim it. So there are new opportunities for you to, to be who you are and don't be afraid when they come knocking and, they, and you open the door. And here is the raccoon, and the raccoon is so, so That's cute, so isn't cute, he? God. <laughs> and That's he, ridiculous. I love raccoons because whatever they're doing, they're looking somewhere else, and their hands are busy over here. Like they think if they're not looking at what they're doing, you won't notice that they're, they're taking your nuts and eating them or whatever. Yeah. But they also wash everything. And I, I think that this is a, a call for purifying, and it's not like necessarily doing a cleanse of your body, although that's not a bad thing by any means, but it's more about going through the, the commitments, the things in your life, the people, and say, is this still, a pro, is this still for me in 2013? Is, or is this something that really belongs back in fifth grade or one of those places where we would normally let go? Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Do we have Excellent. a call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. It's David. David. How are you doing? Hey, David. Good. How are you? Good. Hi, Mary. Hi. Do you want, want a reading? I'd like to <coughs> have a general reading, please. Okay. Uh, I'll uh, hang up and listen on TV. Okay. He would like a general reading by Colonel Mustard. Yep. <laughs> Generally speaking. <laughs> By the way, I always loved that game Clue as a kid, and yeah. even the Clue movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever watched that. Yeah, I always we thought did. those were fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, so David, that's funny because this had been on the bottom of the deck when I picked it up, and it's the politics card. Sometimes that card represents us being um, like that person trying to make everybody happy, and therefore. If you look at the, the snake here, there are little clouds on it, and clouds represent our thoughts. And so if we can't be who we are, it's like, like our thoughts kind of backlog. And so it's calling for you to look at the idea that I, I really can't make everyone happy, so I need to look at me and see what makes me happy and be as kind and as loving to what other people would like as well and, mm -hmm. and accommodating but making that your pri priority and to look at the circumstances in your life now that may be giving you the, um, that may be reflecting uh, something about your relationship with yourself. And the butterfly is about a transformation coming out of your cocoon and who you used to be is not who you are. A, co uh, uh, a cocoon contributes to the butterfly, the caterpillar contributes to the butterfly, but it's not the butterfly, just like your history contributes to you, but is not you. So it, it's a good thing to let go of the past. So thank you. Yeah, especially the painful past. Yeah, yeah. or any of it really, yeah. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? No caller? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Hi, sorry about that. That's um, my okay. Name is Jennifer. Jennifer, and, hi. Um, I oh. wanted to reading by Mary and okay. to tell you guys that um, thank you so much for 
the weekly reminder of everything that is so magical and wonderful in life. Oh, huh. thank, thank you. you. That's very sweet. Yes, absolutely. And mm -hmm. that was put so beautifully, too. Mm -hmm. So that's very lovely. Okay, I'm going to hang up and listen through the TV. Okay, that sounds okay. lovely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think that top one. The first card is, ooh, this is so lovely. And I think that we're always succeeding. It's just our definition um, that we could uh, adjust at times about mm -hmm. what that success looks like <clears throat> or what it's supposed to be. But this is the card of success, and it's walking on top of things. And it's funny, when I was picking up the card, I, I was shown, uh, there's this one card in the, my inner wisdom deck that has a woman reaching for her crown, and it says, I claim my power. Mm -hmm. And that's what I saw around you. It just feels like a powerful time. And not just in this lifetime, but in the series of lifetimes. You're, you're, you're right on the, the, what is that called, the wave, the, the tube of the wave, or whatever crest. you were talking about, oh, the crest yeah. of the wave, mm -hmm. uh, as you're surfing. Now, this is a card of healing, where the clouds parting and showing that healing coming down. And if you look at this, this little character that's standing there, it may look like he or she is all alone there in that light, but what it says is that all of our true healing happens internally and with ourselves. And then when we find that way, we then become the way shower of other people because every healing we affect in our life creates a healing that someone can stumble upon out there in this path of life and incarnations. And so then old raccoon came to visit you as well, saying that it is time to, to really relook at my life and say what is from 2012 and now what's new for me in 2013 because I think a lot of new things are coming for a lot of people and it's good to pave the way and have mm -hmm. the room for it in our life, mm -hmm. both in time and space. Great, thank you, Jennifer. Excellent. And uh, next caller, please. Hi, what's your name? Hi, Neville. Uh, Mary, this is Ahmed. I was going to see what sort of uh, new adventures I'm going to have in uh, 2013. So oh, excellent please. thought. Okay. Um, excuse me? Excellent thought. No. <laughs> yeah. The new adventures you're going to have in 2013. I love that. Yeah, that's well phrased. Yes. That, I think that's a good, good thing. I think everyone could ask themselves that question. Love it. New adventures, because life really is an adventure. Back when everyone was saying, life's a you-know-what, and then you die, I said, no, life's an adventure, and then you live. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the adventure that you're going on, I love this card, because this talks about deep soul-searching, which I feel you have done and you have been doing. And that person... The blinds represent our thoughts and not being able to see. I'm sorry, clouds. And these are in the form of blinds. So our thoughts were not letting you see everything. So the blessing in things that may have come up in your life a couple of years ago or whatever was that it caused you to go down in yourself like the J-hook so that you can ascend. You can't go right to ascension without going through yourself and clearing all the areas where you don't love yourself. And I feel like you've done that. You've moved that out of there. And what that does is it enables you to commit to yourself. You can see this woman reaching out to commit to herself. And it really must be done. Neville tells the story of writing um, the affirmation, it is safe for me to commit to myself. And when he did that, immediately things changed in his life. So isn't that interesting? Your next adventure is 
having gone through you, you now commit to yourself. And that when you do, you never have to be insecure at anything because you know you're going to be on your side. You don't have to be insecure in a relationship because you know you're going to look after yourself and not give your soul away to something else. Now, the elephant, okay, your next adventure is to go on a safari in Africa or you could read the teachings of the masters of the Far East, which I think would be a really good thing for you. Um, it's a series of books. It, it, it would be very interesting. But the elephant, now the thing about the elephant and the meaning of this card is the elephant remembers who they love. They, they showed some elephants walking by some skeletons of ele other elephants that had died and they could recognize the skeletons of their family unit elephants and they would go over and move the, the bones. And, and uh, the story of Shirley and Jenny where these two elephants that had been separated for 30 years and they came back together and they just took up where they had left off. Elephants never forget love. They don't forget love for others and they don't forget love for themselves. So love mm -hmm. looks like your adventure this year. Thanks for calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read a short story once where um, elephants were uh, the new species on Earth after we had failed. It's a very interesting story. I love elephants, by the way. Yeah. We're um, going to be at Ruby Tuesdays, by the way, coming up. Uh, that is provided this is indeed Thursday night, and we have our next caller, I, I know. Think, I think we're doing one more. Is that real quick. Yeah, real quick. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name is Kay. Hi, Kay. Kay. Hi. Would you like? Um, I want to say I love your show. I discovered oh, it about a year ago. Oh, thank oh. you. I'm thankful I did, and um, I tried your suggestion to get awake and claim my power, and that, that was very uh, successful and wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I appreciate that, and um, I would like a reading and. Thanks, uh, Mary, and thank you both, Neville and Mary. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. Okay, it's very right sweet. Thank you for calling in. We'd love to hear from you again. Okay. Yes, please thank call you. in Don't again. Wait a year. Yes, uh, we got the success card for you too. And, and pardon me for rushing so much, but I know we're at toward the end of the show. What that's saying is, by you claiming your power, what you're doing is you're taking charge of your own world, your own universe. And funny thing is, I feel like there's money connected to this for you. Look at this. I shuffled all these cards. There are three different decks, and it's just like Jennifer so far. And then the healing. The healing is coming. And I don't know if there was someone in your life a while back that had passed or something. I just feel like maybe you have gone through something like that. And what this is saying is there's a great healing coming from that and a lot of things opening up for you. And then the last card is the chipmunk. And the chipmunk is, apart from being one of the cutest little creatures in God's universe, the chipmunk carries anything it wants to in its, in its cheeks. And so I liken that to we carry our wisdom in our cheeks. Our mouths now know our words. It's part of uh, my Serpent Mound uh, tribute. And that's what I feel is like your mouth now knows your wisdom. Your mouth now knows our wisdom is what the phrase is. So thank you, Kate. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say? Oh, just uh, if you're out and about or you would like to be in the, in the local area here, come uh, see us at Ruby Tuesdays. We'll be there. And it does have to be Thursday night rather than this being a rebroadcast. And we'll be there in about 15 minutes, I think. Mm -hmm. And please tell your friends about the show so that yeah. we can get more viewers because mm -hmm. we, um, that would be very helpful. And if anyone would like to uh, volunteer to work on our show, we would... Uh, Rick just fainted. 
Rick oh, says, help? What do you mean? I yeah. <laughs> Don yeah. and David are saying, what? What, what would that be? Yeah. So thank you to the four of you that are here tonight. We love you guys. Mm -hmm. And thank you for giving of your time every, every week yeah. with us, volunteer. Okay, it was our joy and honor to see you to the door. And Happy 2013! Like yeah.